Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Saturday, January the 9th, 2021. Hopefully this finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we are going to talk about the fat loss hierarchy. Now, this is a little pyramid context I got from uh, Dave Schulter like a long time ago. And uh, it's been sitting in my files here, just kind of hanging out. And I thought it would be important just to touch on as we move into, you know, 2021, no new year, new you. A lot of you guys are, you know, joining different transformation programs and uh, trying different protocols. You're going to be a little bit healthier. I just want to kind of break down some of the very basics of fat loss so it makes sense to you. I'm going to touch on maybe just a few uh, technical things, but overall, just the scope of the reality to make things easier for you mentally as you go through your fat loss journey, which many of you are on at the moment. And again, everybody, you know, for the most part wants to be leaner, unless you're already like super paper thin, but that's very few of us after the age of probably 22. But before I kick into today's episode, this podcast is brought to you by my homies at, you guessed it, Athletic Greens. You guys know me. It's the one thing I take every single day. I never miss. In our reality, I take a couple of supplements every single day. But Athletic Greens is the one that I never miss. Like no matter what, 365. There's always travel packs in my backpack. Uh, it's just so easy to do. In all reality, if you're taking like 14 pills right now and you're looking for something to cover the gaps in your nutrition, this is it. Literally, it's a all-in-one supplement that has 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food ingredients. It works for basically every eating type. It supports energy, your immune system, your gut health, digestion. It can even help with brain function. Lord knows I need that. Helps support blood sugar that's already like in healthy levels. And it's the best tasting greens on the planet. The old greens I used to take, I would have to sometimes take them over the toilet. It would be like taking shots of Jaeger at the bar. You don't really want to do it, but you're doing it because like your friends are forcing you to. And then you become like 26 and you're like, that was so stupid. And then you drink shit you like. That, my friends, is Athletic Greens, except it doesn't get you drunk. It makes you healthier. And right now, if you guys want to check them out, we can hook you up with five free travel packs and a full year supply of vitamin D3, K2. If you're watching on YouTube, this is what you get. They'll send it to you for a year for free. Pretty badass, right? Uh, And I'm going to talk about the importance of vitamin D in a second. But the reason we had them hook up that as the new deal is because, A, I want you to get some travel packs so you can see how easy they are to use. And two... I think it's crucial you're taking vitamin D for the rest of your life, but especially right now for every healthy individual. But if you're on the fence and you're, hey, Jeremy, I've heard you talk about Athletic Greens for three years, and you're really not sure about making the investment, I'll have Monica send you a free pack right to your front door. Then you can try it, and then you can get hooked up with the deal here. So if that's who you are, shoot me a DM, send me an email, fill out the contact page on the website. I'm happy to hook that up. We've been sending out packs like crazy here. Uh, but if you're ready to take the plunge right now, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott, or shoot me an email with the questions that I'm happy to answer you guys. Again, I wouldn't let them sponsor the podcast. I wouldn't talk about them if I didn't believe in it, and I, w- I sure as hell wouldn't take it myself. I wouldn't let my wife take it. My dad takes it. My my old man, Gran Torino, Perry, is taking Athletic Greens. Like That's how much I believe in it. I would not give it to my family and myself if I really didn't uh, believe in it. And again, it doesn't taste like shit, which is why I love it. But the point I'm driving to is the reason for the D3 and why it's so vital. It's not really just a vitamin. Like, obviously, 
they call it vitamin D3, but it's really like a hormone, honestly, like a hormone regulator in the body, which obviously if you know your immune system, which if we have not learned anything during this pandemic season of life, your immune system is vital to you. So it does help support bone health. It does help cardiovascular support and also the immune system, which is key. And I share the vitamin D and I've talked about this. I don't even know when the first time I shared this, maybe years ago. I've been deficient in vitamin D twice in the past probably 13 years, I think. So I've lived here that long. When I first moved here from Minnesota, which clearly I'm not getting any sun there, uh, I move here and I get my blood work done. They're like, oh, you're deficient in uh, D. You need to supplement with it. And then once I started really working in this business and I started to grow it, again, I wasn't seeing the sun very often. And I became deficient for the second time and I started to feel the major difference. And when I started to do the research and learn, if you want to get vitamin D just through the sun absorption, you have to be outside for probably between, I think, like 20 and 60 minutes a day. And you have to have like full skin exposure. So not just like your arms. I'm talking like full chest, full back, full legs. And oddly enough, I know some of you might see me on Instagram working out tan with the shirt off thinking I'm getting all this sunlight. The reality is it's a spray tan. I haven't had a real tan in over 10 years. And we just film that because it looks sexier for Instagram and it, it does better for analytics and reach and it's, that's how you build a business. Uh, I don't really, and I do like to work out when it's sunny out, but I don't sit out there for three hours. I might pop out for a minute, I'll come in for a minute, but again, on a normal work day, I'm in joggers in a hoodie. That's reality. So I personally am not getting enough sunlight every day and I can't get it through the foods I eat. So I have to supplement with it. And I felt completely different once I stopped being insufficient or even deficient in it. And this article here is a newsletter that comes from Chris Cresser. Now, Chris is a smart dude. He's a co-director of the California Center for Functional Medicine. He has been looking into chronic illness and how to be healthier for decades. And my homie Jay over at JLab had wrote this, or excuse me, had shared this, and I wanted to share it with you guys. It's a newsletter that he had sent out the other day. And it goes on to say, Last month, a panel of 120 health and medical experts wrote an open letter to world governments calling for a widespread immediate increase of vitamin D intake to 4,000 IUs per day for healthy adults in order to help combat the COVID-19 pandemic. Side note, I, Jeremy Scott, take about 5,000 IUs per day, sometimes a little bit more, but mostly 5,000 per day is what I've been on. If When I was really low, they would put me on like a higher therapeutic dose, like 10,000, or I think it was even 20,000 at one point, and then I would move forward. So I take 5,000 per day. So not to get off topic here. The experts pointed out that that there's a significant evidence linking vitamin D to COVID-19 outcomes, and it's now sufficient enough to make this recommendation of 4,000 IUs per day for healthy adults. Vitamin D modulates thousands of genes and many aspects of immune function, both innate and adaptive. The scientific evidence shows that higher vitamin D levels are associated with lower rates of SARS-CoV-2 infection. Higher vitamin D levels are associated with lower risk of severe case, which you're talking about the people who are hospitalized, um, the ones in the ICU, and then ultimately the ones who die. Intervention studies, including RCTs, indicate that vitamin D can be a very effective treatment. Many papers reveal several biological mechanisms by which vitamin D influences COVID-19. Casual inference modeling, Hill's criteria, 
the intervention studies and the biological mechanisms indicate that vitamin D influences on COVID-19 is very likely casual, not just correlation. And there's a lot of detail here that I'm going to skip through just not to waste like three hours on the podcast. But basically, Chris Kresser has like a research alert set up to notify him anytime studies are published on vitamin D and COVID-19. And on an average week, at least seven to 10 new studies are published. And with few exceptions, they all support the idea that maintaining adequate vitamin D levels can reduce infection and lower the risk of severe infection. As a result, lowering the COVID-19 related deaths. Vitamin D is incredibly safe at doses between 4,000 to 8,000 IUs per day. I, again, Jeremy Scott, personally take 5,000 per day. And we know that over 50% of the global population may suffer from vitamin D insufficiency. Vitamin D is also relatively cheap and readily available without a prescription. There is virtually no downside that I can see to the public and the public health people campaigning and encouraging, even subsidizing, vitamin D to the United States and the rest of the world. So I've done a full podcast on vitamin D before. Obviously, you guys have heard it. Um, If not, you can go back and listen to it where I break it down in great detail. But the cool thing is, is that we got our homies at Athletic Greens to hook you up with a free year supply of vitamin D on top of taking your greens. So I think if you did those two things, it's putting you in a great position to be successful. If you're eating real food, drinking water, and exercising, you're going to be able to kick the shit out of a lot of things that come your way. Am I saying like it can, you know, cure you from every illness ever? No. But why not put yourself in a position to be successful and make your immune system the most robust and badass thing it can be? So that is why we had them hook up the D with the Athletic Greens. So if you're interested, you guys obviously hit me up. And again, I share that with you because I think it's important. If I wasn't healthy and didn't feel this way, I would not have this much energy to work the way that I do, to train the way that I do, and to get all the things I need to get done every single day. Because my business and my life depends on me being a healthy person, being able to deliver and help others. And uh, so I've worked hard with a lot of these companies and people to get you guys the best information possible. So if you want it, I'm happy to hook you up with it. Now, on to the fat loss hierarchy we are talking about. It's all basic stuff. Nothing here... I'm going to say is, you know, classified information. In fact, all the stuff you guys need to know is out in the world already. Uh, I had a a couple come in this morning. I have to find their email so I can message them still. And uh, I just messaged them. I told them, I said, hey, if you guys have questions on anything we do here, um, just ask. Because I can promise you I've probably already podcasted about it. We've written about it in the newsletter, it's on the blog somewhere, and it's probably even on the YouTube page. And I say that because most of this information is easy to find. It's just people don't want the real answers. We want something simple. We want uh, the magic pill. We want the instant fix. And that doesn't exist in fitness. Uh, It sure as hell doesn't exist in fat loss. And a great quote that I say often that I heard years ago was, Fat loss is easy once you realize how hard it is. Fat loss is easy once you realize how hard it is. I think that goes with most things. Like eating right is easy once you realize how hard it is. It almost sounds crazy to phrase it that way, but it's the truth. And 
eating right is one of the toughest things you have to do because it's something you have to manage two, three, four times a day, every day until you die. And for a lot of people, it's their, it's their Achilles heel. It's their kryptonite. It's their, uh, what do you call it? It's their bugaboo. Uh, it's the thing that drags them down. I got a lot of people who come in here and can crush it and they train really hard in, in comparison to who they are. Like they're, you know, tapping into, uh, their pain cave. They're really pushing the limits, but when they go home, they can't do the same. And that's the way that I look at trying to get lean and healthy eating and uh, just making better food choices. You have to kind of push through the pain. And it's it's weird because in the gym, you can feel it. You do split squats, it's painful. Like you're doing overhead presses, like it's painful. Like you're riding the assault bike, it, it blows, but you feel that and you're pushing through that discomfort to grow and change. The discomfort at home when you're trying to get lean or chasing fat loss or changing, you know, the way your body composition is, it's a different pain. It's a mental struggle. It's a mental battle. You have to sell yourself in the moment of why you should eat something versus shouldn't eat something. And it's tough to do. And we're always looking for the holy grail or the next cookbook or the next, you know, uh, fad diet. And that's not what's going to get you there. Lifestyle changes what's going to get you there. That's, that is and is always going to be the only thing. It's you changing your lifestyle, doing what fits for you and your goals. And uh, side note, I, I had uh, my homie uh, Steve Resnick sent me an article the other day. They were talking about intermittent fasting and some lady had wrote this terrible hack job piece. It was like, I think it was the New York Post. It was this garbage talking about how fasting was like this fad that's super dangerous that they wish would uh, kind of go away. And I'm like, I believe they first talked about intermittent fasting uh, like in different animals. I think it was either mice or rats or maybe even humans back in like 1945. And I'm pretty sure uh, we've been doing intermittent fasting for as long as humans have been alive because you couldn't always just go through the drive-thru and get 5,000 calories for five bucks. You had to hunt your food. And sometimes you get some and sometimes you wouldn't. And fruit would grow seasonally. So we've been fasting for a long time. So side note, that's not a fad. And that's not what I'm talking about. But for a lot of people, even a thing like intermittent fasting or if it's, let's say, keto or it's uh, paleo or it's vegan or it's carnivore, some of those things are going to work for some people and some won't work for others. The key with this fat loss hierarchy, as you know, Dave uh, Schutler kind of wrote it out, was in the, if you look at like a food pyramid, if there's pyramid one, two, three, four, like from the base all the way up, like how we learned the food pyramid, which by the way was bullshit as kids, this one would look like every block says do what works for you because something works for everybody. That's why nutrition is the hardest thing. There's a lot of fitness that's going to work for general populations. You push, you pull, you do a hip dominant, a quad dominant, you work your trunk, you do a horizontal press, a vertical press, all these things. That's going to work for most humans in some way, shape, or form. But the food stuff is tough, man, because we all have different personalities and different goals and uh, different baggage. And so if we're talking about the hierarchy here, the number one thing um, you got to understand is that there's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all fat loss program. There just isn't. So if you're looking for the holy grail or you're looking for the perfect thing that's going to work for everybody, you'll never find it. Because what works for me is not the same thing that works for my wife. What works for my wife is not the same thing that works 
you know, for my dad. What works for my dad is not the same thing that works for my best friend. We're all going to have something individually different and you have to understand that. So just because your friend does keto and just because your friend does Whole30 doesn't mean you need to do it. Doesn't mean it's perfect for you. Just because so-and-so got results doing that doesn't mean that's the exact thing you could do. You can take principles from it and pieces from it, but ultimately you have to apply it to your life. And so the first thing I want you to just drill through your head is there is no such thing as a one-size-fits-all fat loss program for every single person across the board. I don't care what your mom did or your friend did. I don't care if you guys are the same age, you grew up together, doesn't matter. It may work for you. That's awesome if it does, but it might not be the exact same way. In fact, it'd be very hard to find people do the exact same eating style every single day. It's just we're, we're too individually unique in terms of what we need as, as humans. The second thing, you have to know you're unique in your physiology, for one, in your psychology, for two, and three, your personal preferences. And that's the key is to try to understand that and honor that. Know that your physiology is different from your neighbors. And your psychology, which is probably the biggest one, is going to differ from most people. And then obviously your personal preferences. What foods do you like to eat? What foods do you hate? There are certain things that I'll never eat because I think they're garbage. And I don't mean garbage like they're trash and they're shit for you, but I don't like kale. I think it's gross. Anybody tells me that they love kale, I look at them like they're a crazy person. But people generally do love kale. I personally think it tastes like hot trash. So I tend not to eat it. If it's in something, eh, I can choke it down, but it won't be my first choice. There's certain vegetables too I'm not a fan of. My wife actually loves like those, what are the yellow like banana peppers? I think they're terrible. And she loves vinegars. She loves like the apple cider vinegars. And I smell that stuff and I want to puke. You know, it's it reminds me of like drinking Captain Morgan and Coke in high school. Like I'll never drink Captain Morgan or Coke again because it just reminds me of being completely wasted and puking all the time. It's gross. That's the way I feel about like the apple cider vinegars. Now, I'll take like a pre-made apple cider vinegar if they mix it with like apple cinnamon or grape or something. You know, I'm talking about like the Bragg's like pre-made drinks. Those are cool. But in terms of personal preference, I'm never going to put the vinegars in my stuff. I'm never going to put banana peppers on my things. So what I'm saying is, oh, well, I heard you should eat these foods. They're great for you. They might be great for you, but if you hate them and they taste like trash and it's really tough for you to choke them down every single day, the odds of you sustainably doing that for a lifestyle is very few and far between. So you have to understand that you have personal preferences that work for you, the things that you enjoy eating. And the last thing I'll, I'll touch on that topic really quick, the psychology behind it. We all have baggage. We all have triggers. We all have things that we rely on. We have uh, vices, things that, that hold us back. Some people it's wine. Some people it's beer. Some people it's uh, whiskey. Some people it's ice cream or pizza or chips or uh, grazing uh, through the course of the day, eating your kids goldfish and Teddy Grahams or whatever it may be. So you have to understand what kind of person you are and what you can and can't be around. And you have to set yourself up for success any way that you see possible. And I'll touch on some tactic stuff later. I don't want to get lost. I want to get through all this and then I'll come to it. So the third thing for most people, Diet will be most important. For others, stress management 
is going to be more important. And for other people, it might be exercise. And I break those down into three categories. I'll say it again. For some people, the diet is going to be the most important. For others, it's going to be stress management. And for others, it's going to be the exercise. Now, I think the exercise is probably the smallest category. But there are people I meet who eat relatively well. They just don't train. And you can eat pretty good. But if you don't ever you know, put force on the body, your bone density will go to shit. You have to pick up weight and fight gravity to keep that bone density strong. You have to have some resistance to build muscle. There has to be some pain there to build that strength. Like that's what strength training is. That's hypertrophy. We are going against something. Repetitive patterns over time, like with the progressive overloads to challenge the muscles, that has to happen. So for some people who can do the other pieces, they're going to have to do that. In terms of to get lean, they're going to have to pick up some load. They're going to have to push the sled. They're going to have to get an assault bike and really pedal. Other people, it's the, the food part, obviously. Like you're going to have to clean up what you're doing. You're really going to have to drill down on macros, understand, you know, what, you know, ratios of proteins, carbs, and fats work for your life to keep you in a deficit, but also to help you, you know, mold into the composition that you want to have moving forward. Because weight loss is, is not as complex as fat loss, obviously. And so no matter what, though, the diet is going to be a key for a lot of guys. And then the biggest one for most people is the stress management of your life. And I think that's what holds most busy adults back. Most financially successful adults tend to take on more stress. What I've seen in life is if you want to make a ton of money, you got to take on some stress. There's very few people I've ever met that uh, have zero stress that are making, you know, four, five, six, seven hundred, a million, two million, three million bucks a year. And we meet those people here. And the ones, the super, super high earners tend to take on a lot of outside stress because that's the game. That's America. That's what it is. You know, the lower stress jobs tend not to uh, to pay as much. And even if you love what you do, um, if you get good at it, it just escalates. Like if you're an anesthesiologist, maybe you're making 400K a year. It would seem to me to be a stressful job at times. You have people's lives in your hands. It doesn't seem super easy. You know, if you're the hedge fund manager, it uh, it seems like it'd be stressful if you lose five million bucks of somebody's money. You know, like these jobs that are high pressure, they're causing lots of problems in people's lives. And that's what I say, like, when you're looking at a fat loss hierarchy, how can I be lean? How can I lose fat? Well, if you're super stressed and your hormones are out of whack and your cortisol is through the roof, it's probably going to lead you to make poor choices. Again, I'm going to tie into point number two. Your psychology becomes fucked up. You're looking to alcohol as a way to relax and unwind. You're looking to drugs as a way to escape. Or maybe you're looking at food as your crutch, which turns into the stress and then the diet. And then because you're so stressed from time, you're not making time for exercise. That's why I say when you look at that, stress is probably the most important of the three. So for some people, if you're looking at a fat loss hierarchy, for some people, exercise is what they're going to have to really drill down on to get the best results because they've mastered some of the other pieces. For some people, it's going to be the diet because that's what holds most of our people back here. And then the biggest one is the stress. And if I was really to be honest about it, we see people here and it's like, well, they can't get their diet right. And it's because 
They're so stressed in every other area of their life. And I understand 2020 was probably one of the most stressful years for a lot of people. Even if your business was still making money, it just wasn't as fun. You couldn't see your family. You couldn't see your friends. Maybe your kids were homeschooled and they couldn't play sports. And then you're cooped up with your husband or wife. And maybe you're questioning, why am I married to them? Because they're a crazy person. Or what? I'm joking when I say that. But that's what I'm talking about. There's all these factors that play into it. And then that will affect how you eat. That will affect how you exercise. But if you are stressed and you're giving everything to work and family and kids, it's going to affect how you eat and how you train. And it's going to be damn near impossible to get lean. So just like I joke with people when they say, well, you know, Jeremy, I live in Wisconsin and it's super cold here. How do I stay motivated and fit during the winter? And my answer is move. And they're like, ha, 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 that's super funny. Well, what? no, but seriously, what is it? I'm like, well, move. Pack up your shit and move to Arizona or Texas or Florida or you know, California or wherever you think the weather is, is warm and nice. But I don't think being in that environment is the best thing for you to be super fit. Now, obviously, it's an arbitrary example. And the reason I compare that is, is the same people who are super stressed. Well, Jeremy, what do you suggest I do? Don't be so stressed. If you don't have to work that job, don't work that job. And again, I'm getting outside the scope here of what people probably want to hear. But I'm a fan of having less stress in my life so I can be healthier. If, I, if we chose to scale this business up and make it bigger, the in-person gym or even like branch out to do more corporate stuff with the podcast itself and like make it way bigger and bring in a team of 12 people, I think it would stress me out. I think that would take away from me, you know, having time to exercise. And I, and I don't, I know I don't want to take on, again, at some point to me, like the money's not worth it. There's a, there's a tipping point there for everybody and I don't know where it is but where the stress becomes not worth the money and then vice versa. There's a certain amount I'm willing to take on for sure. I take on a lot as I do now, but I want to be able to help people and I want to be able to, you know, make time to eat healthy food. I want to make time to be able to exercise. I want to make time to get sleep and actually, you know, hang out with my wife and see my friends and all these things. And for a lot of people, the reason that they can't get lean, the reason why fat loss is not working for them is because they're so stressed from their job and the world that they're kind of packed in. And oftentimes it's just to pay for stuff. And that's why I kind of tie this podcast and, and all the episodes into all these messages, because I think it matters. We're working sometimes so much to pay for things that we maybe don't really need. And that's taking away from us being able to exercise and eat right, because we're we're giving all this energy and effort to this one thing, and then we wonder why we can't be as healthy as we want to be. And I think that's a huge part of it. So if you look at a fat loss hierarchy, if you can't manage your stress well, it's going to be really hard to eat well. And if you're so busy and so stressed out, it's going to be hard for you to make time for exercise. I'll move on. Number four, you didn't find a diet. You create a lifestyle built for you, by you. I'll repeat that again. You didn't find a diet. You create a lifestyle built for you and built by you. And that's why we did a podcast titled Meal Plans Suck. That's why I don't do written diet plans here. I think they're horseshit. We give examples. We give samples. We Our 47 Day Transformation kicks off tomorrow. Well, day one is Monday, but they get all the information tomorrow. And we give them a full cookbook, super detailed, how to make 
uh, you know, sandwiches, uh, protein style. How to make meals with your family. Here's some healthy snacks you can do. I'll share a bunch of samples of what we do at our house. But I don't give them this and say, hey, follow this on day one, day two, day three, day four, and eat this at 8, 10, 12, 2. It doesn't work. It's not individualized enough. And you can't do that for people. Even if I was to write out a, a diet plan for my wife, there's no way she's going to follow it to a T seven days a week. That's not realistic. That's not a lifestyle. That's you looking for some cookie cutter thing to play off of. And it doesn't, the failure rate is probably 99.9%. Anybody who can follow it, like, honestly, man, like, I just don't see, I don't see how long-term they can be successful doing that and, like, why you would want to. Like, you don't learn anything by doing that. And that's the crazy thing. So, you know, honestly, like, we look at all this as you have to do something that is sustainable for the long-term and, like, for life. And that's where a lot of people tend to struggle because they just want this, you know, quick fix kind of one size fits all. And I just don't believe that's the best way to do it. So when we say like you have to create a lifestyle that's built for you and by you, you can take the pieces that we give you. Like if it's a cookbook or if it's a meal plan, then you morph it into something that fits you. So if someone says, hey, you should eat six times a day, you might think that's not realistic for you because you're busy. Maybe two times a day works best for you. The point being is you have to do something that works for you as the individual as you kind of move through your life. And what works for you at 25 probably won't work for you at 35. And so you have to be willing to shift and evolve and change as you move through life. That's why just say, oh, I do keto. Well, maybe you do and maybe it works for you, but very few people can do that for the next 30 years. Unless you're like, I don't know, never going to eat a cinnamon roll or never drink a beer. You have to be willing to adapt and change and shift. And you might learn, like let's say you do one of our programs, you might learn the foundation of skills from us, but ultimately you're going to make it fit your lifestyle. So it was created by you for you with the help of us or whatever coach you're using. And that's the key. Diets don't work long term. If they help you get started, great. If it's something that taught you an outline you could build on, amazing. But the reality is you have to find something that is sustainable forever. And number five, there's only one rule in health, fitness, and fat loss. And that's do what works for you. That's the key. You have to do what works for you as the individual. And you got to be willing to try a couple things. And if you're going to go into a program, no matter what it is, just go into it with an open mind and, uh, you know, give it a real chance. Sell out to it and be willing to be flexible within the rules and the scope of what that, you know, program or protocol um, is asking for. What I've seen over the last 15 years that I think works for a majority one, obviously eating real food, I think is the key. I don't think we can ever get away from that. And when I say real food, things that run, swim, fly, you know, grow from the earth, all the basic stuff. Two, uh, track your macros, or at least have an understanding of what macros are. When I say macros, the proteins, carbs, and fats that are going into your day. Most people we see tend to do good like eating a, a high protein, um, you know, moderate to higher fat diet, carbohydrates, you know, low to, to, to moderate. Some people do great in a higher carbohydrate diet. Not, not many just because it's the, you know, and again, I'm not vilifying carbs. They're very important for you, but they're the most, you know, easily accessible overeaten, uh, of all the macronutrients. So they're going to kind of happen in your day either way, but eating real food is a key tracking macros obviously matters. 
whatever you're missing with real food, you should fill the gaps with proper supplementation. So whatever vitamins, minerals, all the micronutrients you're missing through the food you can't eat, you should supplement those. And there's certain things that you just can't get through diet that I think are important. We have a free supplement guide. If you guys want it, I'm happy to share it with you. Obviously, it's things like, you know, the athletic greens, obviously the D3. I'm a huge fan of uh, CBD. I like mushroom complexes. Uh, there's a lot of things that I believe in and I think are healthy for you. They're not performance supplements by any means. I mean, you could do creatine if you want to, but the rest of them are just very, very important. And when you're talking about fat loss, like you're going to have to be at a deficit. You just do. I don't, I don't care what you're doing. You have to be at a calorie deficit. You have to be in an energy deficit. Like there has to be an energy balance that is negative in order for you to get leaner. And so you can't be in a surplus and lose fat. It just doesn't work that way. If you're burning 1,000 calories a day, uh, but you're eating 2,000, you're going to get bigger. And vice versa. If you're eating, you know, 2,000 calories a day, but you're burning 3,000, you're going to get leaner and you're going to get smaller. And how you diversify those calories into the macros are going to be what's the biggest game changer. If I'm speaking freely here about adults I see, uh, limiting your alcohol intake, I think is crucial and key. I'm not saying you can never drink booze, but a lot of times people underestimate how much booze are actually drinking. And if you have, you know, two drinks per day, every day, it's, you know, 700 and some drinks per year. Over the course of five years, that adds up pretty fast. And I'm talking about real drinks, like the pour that you would do, not the one you would get, you know, like at the bar, right? So the, when they pour you a drink at the bar, it's like a real pour. Yours at home is probably two, three times that. So your two drinks is really like four drinks. So now you're having 1,500 drinks per year. That makes a difference. And we've done a whole podcast on alcohol before and how it hinders fat loss because when alcohol is in the system, it takes precedence and nothing else can really happen. So meaning your body really is not burning fat once you have booze in the system, once it becomes saturated. So if you're under the influence for a couple of hours, that's two, three, four hours your body can't burn fat. Compound that over the course of a week. That's 24, 28 hours your body doesn't burn fat. That's a day you're not shedding fat. Compound that over the course of a year. It starts to add up. You see where I'm going with this. You want to create an environment and an ecosystem inside your body that makes it prime to be as healthy and as fit as possible. So again, I'm not saying don't drink booze, but just be really mindful of it when you go through your day. And understand we're all different. Some, yeah, you're, some of your friends might be able to get away with it. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. I don't know. Um, we just can't sit and cry about it. It's not going to change anything. You just have to do, again, do what works for you. Just because your friend does it, just because your mom does it or so-and-so does it, doesn't mean it is the answer for you. You have to find something that works for your lifestyle and your goals. I guess that's the biggest takeaway. So, again, these are all things that you guys probably already know. It's just a nice reminder to drill home that, hey, you know, we're all individually different. My physiology, my psychology, my personal preferences might be different from someone else's. That's why we try to coach each person here individually. You're going to follow the same sets of principles and rules, but you're going to use them uniquely to you and your age and your genetics and your goals and your output and your intake. It's the same way fitness works. Does that make sense? Like everybody's going to come here and squat. But we're not all going to squat the same, not the same volume, 
Not the same speed, not the same tempo, not the same load, not even the same squat variation. Some people will back squat, some people will front squat, some people will split squat, some people will goblet squat, some people will sumo squat, some people will use barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, sandbags. You get what I'm saying? There's 19 ways to skin the cat in terms of just squatting. Think of new nutrition the same way. You might always eat this, and I might never eat it, and we still can get to the same place and be super healthy, super fit, super lean. Here's an example. Uh, my wife and I go to like salads to go. And it's a great place, by the way, if you're in the Valley. It's super quick. I think everything is organic on the menu now. It's pretty badass. And it's super cheap. It's, they really have a great business model. Anyways, we'll go there. And she'll always have like, she does the Thai chicken salad. I do the Cobb salad. I never eat tomatoes. I like ketchup. For sure, I think ketchup's like cardio, makes everything better. Um, or if you're from the Midwest, it's like ranch, makes everything better. With french fries, pizza, you name it. It's just, if you're from the Midwest, you get the reference. But the point is, is I never eat tomatoes. I don't like the texture. I just think they're kind of gross and disgusting. I'm not a tomato fan. But other people love tomatoes. They like to cut tomatoes up, put some salt and pepper on them, and they just eat them. Uh, even if they come on a burger, like if we go to... Uh, if I go to In-N-Out or something, a, a traditional In-N-Out double-double uh, comes with a tomato on it. I'm always like, no tomato. I think it's disgusting. The point is tomatoes are good for you. They're healthy. I don't ever eat them. You might eat them every single day. We still can get to the same goal just eating different healthy foods. So that's your personal preference versus my personal preference. And if I'm talking about you know, my psychology, I know I can't just keep chips in the house because I'll eat the whole fucking bag. I can't, oh, Jeremy, just have a, you know, buy some chips and just have a couple. doesn't work for me. My psychology is all or nothing. I've tried, I'm getting better with that stuff, but if it's around, I'll eat it because I'm a, I have a very addictive personality, whether it's alcohol, drugs, obviously fitness, business, podcast, whatever it is. I get addicted to something and I try to go all in on it. I don't, consciously do that it's just a subconsciously it's built in me you know it doesn't make sense like if i'm gonna drink beer i want to be the best beer drinker in the world that's a terrible trait but it works the same way if i want to eat healthy i want to be the healthiest eater i can possibly be but i know if like we go have the girl scouts stop at our house those little you know cookie terrorists stop by and here's some thin mints here's some dosi dos here's some samoas i'm going to eat a whole sleeve at once at minimum if not the whole box once it's in my house. Now, I know my psychology. If it's not open, I'm okay. But if Heather opens up the box and I notice it, because now I'm looking for it, I'm like, well, shit. Now it's fair game, dude. And then I eat the whole thing. So knowing my psychology, we don't buy things in bulk. I only buy things in single serving sizes, and I don't bring these things home because I don't have self-control. Once I own the skill of that, if I ever do, then I can move on. But that's what works for me. That might be different for you. You might be able to be the person. My boy Dave Drees, I love Dave. Let me get Dave on the podcast. Dave will go to Chipotle and eat half the bowl. Who does that, first of all? I'd eat the whole thing in two seconds. He'll drink half a Diet Coke and put it back in the fridge. Like, that seems criminal to me. He'll get Sprinkles cupcakes and take two bites and put the cupcake back. I would eat the entire box in 10 seconds. That's what I'm talking about in terms of personal preference and psychology and just knowing yourself. In understanding what works for you and your lifestyle and your personality type. Does that make sense? That's why for me, fasting works great. I don't I have to make less decisions. 
for me, I found that I'm most successful when my brain is clear. I don't have to think about meal planning and prepping and bringing stuff with me. That has been my saving grace. It might not work for you, but that does work for me. So I want to just drill down like there's each individual things. And really what I'm saying is you have to manage this and audit this and always be thinking about it and retooling it. And if it's important to you, you almost certainly do it. It's just, it's funny to me that we think we can change how we look and move and feel without having to actively like manage it and put time into it. And it's probably one of the hardest things you can do in your life other than like, you know, fighting in a war or cancer or dealing with loss. I'm not talking about like a real serious shit. I'm talking about just normal life. Like this is harder to master than so many other things because you can't just set it and forget it. And it's always changing as you change because you're your body and your hormones are always evolving and moving and changing, especially if you're a dude for sure as your testosterone drops and your hormones go. And if you're a woman, obviously, if you're getting closer to, you know, you have a child, that's a game changer. Uh, if you're talking menopause, all these different things are going to shift how our body reacts to food. So you just have to be mindful of it and just conscious of it and just always kind of aware when you eat something, how do you feel when you eat it? Do you have an allergic reaction internally, externally? Do you feel energized? Do you feel lethargic? How are you going to the bathroom? Is it smooth? Is it diarrhea? Is it hard as a rock? Are you going once a day, twice a day? Are you regular? Are you irregular? All of these things matter. And we've grown up in an educational system where we don't talk about it. And we just think like, oh, it'll just work itself out. Clearly, we have failed in that regard. And clearly, we're seeing that in the world of how people you know, look and move and feel for better, or for worse. So that's my quick rant on just fat loss, the hierarchy of understanding it. And if you took anything away from it, it's eat real food within macro ranges, drink water, get good sleep, exercise, but most importantly, know yourself, know your genetics, know your psychology, know your personal preferences, know what type of person you are. Can you graze and snack? Do you have to have meal plans set? Do you want to be part of the fasting world? And again, it takes a little bit of, you know, trial and error. And again, even from there, it just takes learning as you go through. And what I do today might not be what I do in 10 years. I don't know. I've been fasting for a very long time. It's helped me stay lean. Um, I'm the leanest I ever am on average right now than I've ever been in my whole life. And I'm also the oldest I've ever been. Back in the day, could I be more shredded for like a day or two? For sure. And I could still do that now, but I don't have to quote unquote diet. I don't have to cut. I just live like this 24, seven, 365. And if, when I want to eat cinnamon rolls, I eat cinnamon rolls. When I want to drink a couple of beers, I drink a couple of beers. Like I don't give a shit, you know, but I've found a balance that works for me. And I've set these rules in my mind, whether they're written down or not, I've set these parameters and I've understand and I've failed enough. That's where this is coming from. I've fucked up enough, you guys. It made enough poor choices to where I'm like, well, you can't do that again. Because remember how you felt. Well, you tried that once. It didn't work. And you might try and fail 14 different times. But at the 15th time, you're like, you know what? That doesn't work for me. I can't get away with that. I can't do that. And that's going to be hard sometimes for your, your partner and your spouse and people around you to understand, but you have to do what's best for you. And you might not be able to eat the same way your wife does. I don't think you probably should. And that's okay. You can eat at dinner at the same time. You can eat the same types of foods, but they don't all have to be the same. That's why I was never a fan of like when, oh, clean your plate. Like, what if I don't want to eat that shit? Like, why do I have to eat this? And every person shouldn't eat everything. Uh, I'm going to let you guys go in a second, but I remember one time as a kid, 
I thought of this because I'm just traumatized forever. I uh, went to a buddy of mine's house, and as a kid, you you kind of like to over to sleep over at some people's house. Sometimes like you'd have to go to church with them. So it's like, yeah, uh, Jeremy, you can sleep over, but you got to go to church with us. And I'd be like, oh god, I gotta go to church. Like what ten year old wants to go sit through like you know Catholic mass for an hour? I did not for sure. But you would do it because you want to hang out with your homie and play video games and drink sodas all night. So I do it. And so one buddy of mine, his mom was like, well, yeah, you can come over for dinner. We'll hang out. You can have a sleepover. And most of the time they make, you know, shit that kids eat. Macaroni and cheese, SpaghettiOs, hot dogs, things like that. No, no. She made this uh, spinach lasagna. And now me being the ignorant eight-year-old I am, I've had lasagna before. You know, at our house, I'm sure it was the frozen box shit. And it's like, you know, cheese, meat, and uh, noodles. Seems easy enough. Spinach lasagna, my friends, is not the same. I mean, packed with spinach. And I remember taking my first bite, and I'm fucking gagging at the dinner table. But you're trying not to be an asshole. Like, my old man and my mom gave me enough sense. Like, hey, when you go to somebody's house, don't be a dickhead. And I'm sitting there and I'm choking down this spinach lasagna. I mean, I'm not kidding you guys. Every bite, I'm gagging. I would have rather, I don't know what else would have been, I don't know if anything would have been worse at that point in my life, honestly. Um, If I thought about today, Jeremy, would you rather eat spinach lasagna or, you know, drink two Irish car bombs back to back? I would take the Irish car bombs in a minute. And I don't like Guinness. But the point I'm driving at is I'm choking down this spinach lasagna. And I remember like later that night, I was just like puking in the bathroom. Because for some reason, my body didn't agree with me. And and I knew the minute it hit my mouth. But my whole point of my horrible childhood story is we're not all meant to eat the same things. And we don't have to, I guess is my point. You have to really understand what works for you and find foods that you enjoy that are also healthy for you, that fit your macro ranges and fit your lifestyle. If you don't like chicken, you don't have to eat it. If you don't like salmon, you don't ever have to eat it. There's no one food, in my opinion, that everybody has to eat. There's a lot of ways to get proteins, a lot of ways to get fats, a lot of ways to get carbohydrates. There is not one exercise you have to do. Like I've given the squat example. You can squat, but it can be... 19 different ways and we can all get to the same end result and that's what I want people to understand when you're trying to get lean we there's so much information out there oh you have to do this you have to eat that that's bullshit I I feel like I look good I feel like I move well I feel good every single day and I eat very different than basically all of my friends even my friends who are from the fasting world do not eat the same way I do we do not have the same timing and the same idiosyncrasies and habits inside of that. And neither will you. And that's what you have to understand. Like what you and everybody else does around you does not have to be the same. You have to find what works for you and your lifestyle. So uh, before I let you guys go, I did find um, two cool things here uh, on the internet the other day. And just in light of, you know, the world of uh, how 2021 has... uh, started off to be quite a mess for sure. If you watched the, uh, the shit show that was going on in, uh, in DC earlier, uh, this week, which I was here all day. So I didn't really see anything until we had uh, some athletes come in and show me. And I'm like, man, uh, what a mess. Um, I did see this quote and it, uh, it's all scribbled in, in crayons and colors. And it's, uh, I think, uh, Trent Shelton had put it out. And the quote is, we're all a little broken, but last time I checked, Broken crayons, still color. 
which I thought that was pretty cool. And it's written in like black and green and uh, purple and blue and red. Now read it one more time. We're all a little broken. But last time I checked, broken crayons still color. And uh, I believe that about people too. Like we're all a little bit fucked up. We all got some eating issues. We all have some uh, some drinking issues and some psychological issues and some physical issues and some stories and some baggage and some shit. But I'll be damned if we all still don't color though, right? Like we all still work. We're all still here. And we're all just trying to figure it out um, together as we go. And I think that's the key is, uh, you know, if you're living in a world where you're seeing people be a little bit crazy and a little bit strange, just uh, I always revert back to just be a nice person, you know, just be a good human being. And uh, if you do good, uh, I think other people kind of fall in line. And uh, yeah, there's always going to be assholes and dickheads for sure. But um, I also think karma is a real thing. And I think the more good you put out in the world, the more good's going to um, come back to you. I truly believe that. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be a nice person if uh, if I didn't think that. And I know a lot of people used to say like, you know, nice guys finish last and people who take the high road always lose. And I don't look at it that way at all. I don't think nice people finish last. I think if you're looking at it like a basketball game, which I play basketball my entire life, you look at it in, like in four quarters, right? I think nice guys might lose the first quarter, the second quarter, and they're trailing in the third quarter. But I think nice people always win the game. And I think that's what we're all trying to do here. It doesn't matter if you're down by 20 points and then 15 points and then 10 points. But if you win the game, you win the game. And I think nice and kindness um, does always prevail. And for people who are looking at the world like it's this kind of doomsday uh, scenario, I don't choose to believe that just for the fact of it's a really small minority of people who are assholes on, on both sides of the fence, wherever you, you are with any, with any belief system, no matter what it's, whether it's political or, or health or, or even fitness and, or financial stuff. Like most people are good humans. Like it's just the small percentage of assholes on either side that are just louder. That's the way I think about the internet. Like has the internet caused a lot of problems in the world? For sure. It, it, it messes a lot of people up. It, it, um, it can be a negative place. It can be a dark place. It can be a place where you find a lot of assholes, but it's a real small percentage. And I'm on a, I'm on a, some of the biggest platforms in the world and uh, I've seen it in even on my own stuff, like 99% of the people are super positive and super cool. And I get 1% of the people. So if you look at my Instagram, I don't know who, how many people follow Instagram, 300 and like 300 some thousand people. So if we have 350, 60, 70,000 people follow us on Instagram, if 1% of them are assholes, it's 3,000 people. It's 3,500 people. So that means in a day, if I get 1,000 positive messages, I'm getting, you know, 300 people who think I'm a piece of shit. And that's okay. My point of me sharing that is I think most people are generally positive and they want to do right. And they want to do what's best for everybody. It's just a small minority is uh, is negative and loud and you just can't... Uh, you can't let that drown out, you know, all the positivity and awesome things that are going on, you know, in your life and all the things that are possible for you. I know that has nothing to do with um, with fat loss, but um, I thought it was important just to touch on. And the last thing I'll say is if you're I, – I compare all these things to, to health and fitness and fat loss because I do believe they all parallel each other. And I'm going to do a whole podcast, you know, on things that like the gym has taught me and, and things that fitness and sports have taught me, which I've touched on before, you know, throughout. But I believe it teaches you some of the most important life lessons by playing sports, 
by being in a gym, by, uh, by participating in fitness, whether it be by yourself or especially within a community. And uh, this comes from Laws of Attraction, and it talks about just having patience. And I mean that for the season of life you're in, even though admittedly I'd like a lot of this shit to be over because I've quote unquote had it uh, and I am over it like everybody else who's listening to me, but we're still in it. And so I'm trying to be uh, as patient as I can be. And when you're on your fat loss journey, you have to have patience. When you're trying to get an advanced degree, you have to have patience. When you're trying to move up in your career, you have to have patience. When you're trying to change your physical body, get stronger, build muscle, you have to have patience. And these two things will define you. Your patience when you have nothing and your attitude when you have everything. I'm going to repeat that just so everybody can grasp it. These two things define you. Your patience when you have nothing and your attitude when you have everything. And so if you're on a journey right now to you know, move your life forward, whether it be in your finances, in your relationship, in your career, especially in your physical body, in the way that you eat, in the way that you train, and you feel like you're discouraged and, you know, there's so much stress in the world and 19 different things have gone against you, I would urge you to not give up yet. When everything feels as it's kind of falling apart, which I think everybody has felt that at some moment in 2020, and the universe, you know, is against you. Just know it's already busy trying to put everything back together. And so you just have to be patient. And you might not see things that way, but when you think everything is falling apart around you and everything is just a shit show, I believe behind the scenes things are already working to put it all back together and build it back stronger. But you have to have patience. And just because something isn't happening right now for you, it doesn't mean that it will never happen for you. I'll repeat that too because I know it's important. Just because something isn't happening for you right now, it doesn't mean that it will never happen for you. Because I do believe the best things come to not just those who wait, but those who are patient and get up off their ass and work for it. And don't just sit and whine and bitch and complain. And so why not just enjoy yourself in the meantime and make the best of whatever situation you're currently sitting in? And albeit, I know for a lot of people, it's not ideal. And 2020 probably wasn't the easiest time for you to, uh, you know, be your leanest, be your healthiest, because you had the most stress and the most shit and the most uncertainty you've ever dealt with in your life. And I get that. And I was right there with you. And I do feel um, I was able to navigate it the best way that I could. Uh, Was it perfect? No, it wasn't for sure. But was my option? I'm just going to sit here and bitch and whine and complain and think that something's magically going to change for me because it's not. And I can't control what idiots do in Washington, D.C. I can't control how negative people can be. I can't control how people want to be assholes and like the divides that people create. There's nothing I can do about that. I can just be a good person and try to be nice to myself (laughs) And to my wife and to my friends and my family and stand here for the people in our community and do these podcasts and write these things to try to be just a good person for everybody else. And I believe the more of us who say positive things and spread these messages, the better the world becomes. I do truly believe that. I'm not naive. Is there always going to be assholes? For sure. I used to be one of them. 
but the proof is that you can't change. So I just want you guys to know if you're on a journey right now and you feel a little strange, just know even if something isn't happening for you right now, it doesn't mean it will never happen for you. If you just put your head down and you keep working, you keep eating right, you keep training, you keep reading, you keep educating yourself, you keep surrounding yourself by like-minded, awesome humans, and you do more good in the world than bad, everything's going to be all right. And you'll be as lean and as sexy and as shredded and as awesome of a human being as you've ever been in 2021 after the shit show we just all went through. So um, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Hopefully it made some random sense. I'm super tired today and I still need to get my workout in, but I wanted to drop this on you. I think I'm going to get Heather back on the podcast tomorrow. We have, uh, I think we're talking about habits or something. I don't know. She has it mapped out and I'll just play off of her genius when she gets here. But again, you guys, if fat loss is the goal, really just understand who you are, what you want to get done and eat real food, be patient, give it time, adjust the macros, reach out to us. If you have questions, I'm definitely happy to help. And again, if you guys have not tried Athletic Greens yet and you really want to, I can have Monica send you a pack right to your front door. I'm happy to do so. Uh, we've done it for, I think we sent out like 300 packets last year, which is fucking crazy, by the way. Um, but I believe in it that much, and I'm happy to do it. And the, the fact that now they're going to give you free vitamin D for a year is pretty dope. Uh, and travel packs on top of that. So, uh, again, the site is athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott, or you guys shoot me a DM on Instagram, email me, fill out a page on the website. I'm happy to get back to you. And uh, if you got any other questions or requests for the podcast, obviously hit me up. If you're on the podcast app on iTunes, not it's not even iTunes anymore. If you're on the podcast app on your iPhone, um, scroll all the way down, drop us a five-star, leave a comment, and share this with a friend or fan member. You think it can help get lean, and if it can help put them in the right mindset, you just gave them a great gift in, uh, in 2021. So I appreciate you guys. If you're watching on YouTube, thanks as always. And uh, until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.